Hi, I am the Phyrexian Proctologist, uh, also known as Jataxian Probe, Ralph. <laughs> and I'm your Ristic study buddy, Jazz. <laughs> and I am the troll from Eldraine who just needs a hot dog real bad, Jennifer Clackbridge, Dahi. <laughs> Hi, Dahi. Hi. <laughs> Guys, we have a guest on the podcast. It's a threesome episode today, guys. Yeah, hello. (laughs) A guest to the Partner Commander podcast. We have a very good friend of ours. Uh, Yeah, Dahi and I go way back. Uh, Hi, it's 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 so nice to so nice to be here. Okay, but first of all, who are you? Yeah, Dahi, who are you? (laughs) For for those that don't know, who (laughs) Who are you? Who who is you? (laughs) Who who even are they? So I am a I am an Irish non-beanie um, individual. Um, I am an artist, a visual designer, and a little bitch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> at the moment, I am currently <laughs> I am a combo lover. I am a value lover, and I have just recently become an elves lover as well. So I'm definitely going to, I'm going to talk about that a little bit later, but uh, yeah, I, I've been delving into the work into proxy making lately. And um, hopefully we can talk about that too. Yes. We're so happy to have you. You are, um, you're, you're basically in our play group at the, at this point for spell table. Um, and yeah, uh, we're super excited to have you on and we are going to be covering some really fun topics that, um, get us all excited and iggly wiggly. Um, but anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, how is, how's everybody's week been? It's been pretty fun and busy with all these Strixhaven previews. I've been fine. Uh, Austria is, uh, going into another lockdown, which is lovely. Uh, just, just yesterday we've gone into a lockdown basically for Easter break. So people don't go nuts because our, Easter is huge here. Is it? It's huge. Yeah, people love Easter here. I like it was just about the Easter eggs back home in Ireland for me, but it's really big here. It's you guys have a lot of Catholics there. Um, it's not even like a Catholic thing because my friend who a close friend of mine who who helped me out to to get here uh, and get set up here, she's massive into Easter and celebrating it, and they do like bonfires and like barbecues and parties and whatever. But it's not religious. Like she's not religious at all. Um, oh, wild. So it's, it's really big here there's loads of bunny decorations and egg decorations and you hide gifts for your friends it's very cute um so yeah I just oh, so been... it's like a super secular celebration yeah absolutely and i've been i've been kind of like i i've been like hyped up for this weekend because we're going to celebrate uh easter with them oh, that's uh, cute. it's all outside right so we're we not be... here for christ's reanimation yeah no not at all but like we can be we can be pretty safe about it as well which is great because it's all gonna be outside um and thankfully the weather has been pretty good this week so it's gonna be good yeah it's the weather's really picking up here too so um it means i I get to close my curtains earlier because there's more sunlight on my laptop screen (laughs) (laughs) yay (laughs) lovely day to stay indoors so this week has been pretty eventful for me 
Um, I got my first dose of Moderna this week. Ooh. <gasps> um, Ooh. It was uh, happened on a random fluke. Was not planned. I did not even make an appointment. It just kind of happened. Yeah, he just fell on and his head. I'm fortunate for it. Yeah, wow. I literally was just walking down the street, and then there was like a syringe, and I picked it up and I jammed <laughs> it into my arm. Please don't actually do that. That's no. not how it went down. Yeah, please go to a needle exchange um, if you do need some. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, please get a vaccine when you can. <laughs> yeah, don't yeah, don't pick up random um, needles in the street. Don't do that. Long story short, or long. Blah, blah, blah. Long story short, my roommate was able to get a vaccine, and then they had extras on that day, and so they were just like, "Here, take one." I'm like, oh, "Okay." Wow. So, yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. am. I'm finding out though that like being one in the U.S. and then two being in California specifically, I am incredibly fortunate because they are rolling this shit out like crazy in the Mm -hmm. states and then also like more specifically even in california um to the point that they have like a surplus of it that is going to waste so if you are living in california or even in the states just you know keep your keep an eye out um you can probably get the vaccine before you are quote-unquote eligible to get the mm-hmm. vaccine <sighs> the vaccine rollout is, is being the so polar opposite here. to what's going on here oh my yeah. god yeah same <laughs> yeah it's it's a snail's pace here and it's so frustrating but um i'm very low down in the priority list so i just gotta bide my time and uh keep my head down until then yeah i think they yeah. projected that everybody should be vaccinated here by they said april way back like way back last year or so but no it's it's they said now it's going to be june or july but again i don't think it's going to be till september yeah it's my yeah, i checked I would, a projection thing breath. and it's not yeah it's not estimated for me to get a vaccine until like either like from there's the window like from september to like new year's and i'm like ooh, <laughs> just let me out <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. En- enough Naya Panorama talk. Um, let's uh, <laughs> dive into this week's topic. Um, burp, 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 transition noises. Burp, burp, burp. I-, I was just trying something new, but um, that's a weird transition noise. That's a really gross transition noise. I hope we don't use that. <laughs> what the burp, burp, burp. I'm just gonna no, use your burp, your. Burp, burp. It's like a transformer, though. <laughs> Just clip out um, my little. <laughs> oh god! But uh, anyway, this week's topic. This week's topic is uh, reprints. Um, what reprints we would like to see and specifically? Proxies. And proxies. We are going to go through um what kind of reprints we would want to see. What kind of cards, maybe instead of reprinting, we might just proxy, um, and the whole shebang. So. Uh, all of us here have picked uh, a couple of cards for the commander format that we think uh, deserve a reprint. Um, I'm sure each of us have different personal criteria of what that means. Um, so, uh, Jazz, Dahi, um, what kind of uh, cards did you kind of dig around for when looking for stuff you wanted reprinted? So I kind of looked at the stuff, sorry, Jess, <laughs> but uh, I kind of looked at the stuff that I already play um, a lot in mm-hmm. in Commander 
Um, and I looked at like the stuff that could make that better, but also like the key pieces to a lot of these decks that I play. And some of them really like some of them shocked me. Like some of them are ridiculous. <laughs> um, and then there's Shocking. I have a couple of other criteria, but I will get to those when I get to the specific reprint. Yeah, absolutely. What about you, Jess? Um, I chose cards based off of scarcity and availability. Cards that are kind of extremely overpriced, or not, I guess not overpriced, but just because they haven't been printed recently, and just because of how uh, important they are to a lot of decks, Mm -hmm. that it has driven up their demand. So, um, yeah, I'll actually, a spoiler of sorts, all my cards are artifacts. Wow. Well, except That's for two. Interesting. Except for two. Okay. okay. Yeah. When um, you said supply and demand, yeah. I was worried that you'd have a similar one to me, and I'm glad that now I know you don't. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, that's cool. Um and I was I actually went pretty specific with my criteria. Um I chose mm-hmm. almost all cards that have only ever had one printing um and cards oh. that um cards that like aren't being kind of like kept from being reprinted for the sake of equity. So like um, I didn't. I, I don't mention mm. like fetch lines or anything in my list because, like, of course, those need reprints. Oh yeah, I didn't but, mention um, any of the reserve list stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah, and same. I avoided reserve list cards as well. Um, obviously, it would be wonderful to have those. Um, just the reserve list abolished and such and such and blah 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 blah. But um, that is not the reality, and we God, want I to. I want a wheel of fortune so bad. Yeah. Right. Originally, I saw somebody tear one up on a TikTok at... the other day, and I'm like, ah. Oh god! Oh no! That makes me that no. Uh, don't do that. Sad. Like it's a it's That's a upsetting. it's it's a very very strong anti capitalist move, but also like please just give me one instead for free. Yeah, like it's the same thing. It it costs you nothing but, um, to just hand it away to someone. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and the other thing that I uh, kept in mind when picking cards that were repainted was that. Mm-hmm. Um, if this card got reprinted tomorrow, would its price plummet? So like, like I want it to go oh. from like, I, I want it to like take a big chunk out of the, the price tag that it might currently have. Y'all were yeah. so specific. Um, I was so selfish with mine. <laughs> I was like, what cards do I mean, I that's like? fair. <laughs> Whatever. I mean, it's your own criteria. Hand. True. True. Yeah. No, like mm-hmm. we can be like it, like we all have our own criteria. Exactly. And I want, I wanted to like, just, th- I want to think like a little bit, I mean, like my cards are also kind of selfish as well. Yeah. So it just kind of happenstance that they also fit my criteria. But um, the first card that we, that is on my list is Bastion Protector. And this is the oh. only card that I chose that was printed in a commander product. Um, and it's a uh, it's a three three soldier. It costs two and a white, um, and it reads: Commander creatures you control have plus two plus two and indestructible. So this is a mono white staple for commander decks that like really care about keeping their commander on the battlefield and protecting like mm-hmm. your value engine if it involves your commander. So um, I I really really want to have this card in decks. I've got a bunch of decks that have white in them and. I just want to be able to protect my commander and give it indestructible. And right now it's yeah, sitting it's one at of my like, favorite cards to put um, with Audric. Yes, absolutely. Because 
it gives everything indestructible then. And right now it sits around mm-hmm. like twenty dollars on TCG Player. What? Um, Damn! Or, oh my goodness! Yeah, or, or or fourteen euro if you are on this side of the pond. Um, so what? something that I did notice is that what? stuff is generally like pretty cheaper, like is a fair bit cheaper than uh the american side of yeah. things is uh your <laughs> european cards are slightly more yeah. affordable which is pretty cool even when you take into even when you take into consideration the exchange rates between euro and dollars which is, i think is usually at about like 1.2 dollars to the euro or something like that uh it still doesn't translate yeah. like i have some where my american pricings are double the european pricings and i'm like that's that doesn't equate <laughs> like the the yeah, american I've got, market i've got one of my lists that is actually like crazy so um, I can't wait to get mm. to that one, but um, yeah, that's my first card. Yeah, we just uh, said that. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, but hey, you, we can you guys can order cards within the U.S. and uh, without a huge postage problem and import tax. So there's that. Yeah, that's true. true. And you guys have like speaking of taxes. All of the best... <laughs> okay, go ahead, Jess. Oh, well, the card... So I lied. Just kidding. Um, actually, seven of my cards are artifacts. There's three that are <laughs> non-artifacts. Um, and speaking of taxes, the card that I want reprinted really bad, and I think everyone wants really badly reprinted... I know is what you're going to say. <laughs> I knew it! <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Absolutely. I think Every it's, single deck like, that I think, I mean. It. Exactly. And every I mean, I don't even need to describe or read off the card. Everyone knows Smothering Tithe we do. if you mm-hmm. are in the format. If you don't know what Smothering Tithe is, then like, ma'am. Then you're gonna find out you even soon, here. Honestly. You're gonna find out. <laughs> if you've just started um, if you've just started playing Commander, you will learn what Smothering Tithe is pretty quickly by playing a couple games. And <laughs> you will wish yeah. you hadn't. It it can guarantee you a win. Um I think it was like reading so, uh, a blog post about it that it like it leads ups your win to percentage. wins almost 80% of the time. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. I fully see that. Because a lot of people, there's this in Commander, there's such a great, like, I, I love this part of Commander, is there's such a great social aspect. And when people see things like study and tithe, like Ristic study and like smothering tithe, we say like, oh, it's fine. I won't pay the one. You go ahead. And that happens enough times usually for you to get ahead. And I love that. But here's my thing, though. With Ristic Study, it's only paying one, and it's not that big of a deal. Like, mm-hmm. I will, personally, as a player, I will always pay the one, because I know how far ahead of that person, is, it, how far ahead it will set that person up. But that's with fair. Tithe, when you're asking for two per draw, that's insane. Mm-hmm. I mean, you pair that with things like emergency powers and wheels, like, you can just race ahead of people. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, this might be, like, a case of, like, maybe we should ban Tithe, but I'm not going to say we should ban Tithe, but <laughs> I think we Hell should probably no. make it more accessible and not make yeah. it a super, like, uh, a card that only, you know, the the, bo- mm-hmm. the bougie can have. How much is yeah. it? Smothering Tithe right now is going for... The the Ravnica Allegiance promos are thirty three ninety five, and then what? the Ravnica Allegiance original is thirty six ninety four. Um, in euros, about 16, 17 euros. So I I'm managed have to crack one at my here. Ravnica Allegiance. Like, um, <sighs> we, uh, like I cracked it at a pre-release um, for that set. Ooh. And then like right after um, when I was visiting uh, Vienna, I bought um, one the, the Brawl deck, the Alila one that has Smothering Tithe in it. 
as Mothering Tide back then was like about oh. a tenor. And the so like mm-hmm. I've got two copies of it and now I'm like, oh I'm so glad that I picked those up. So I'm really glad that you brought up Smothering Tithe first because my first card is another little moment that I had. So I had kind of like, this is my MTG Stonks claim to fame. Um, so I bought four Smothering Tithes when they were two euro because I just I just felt it in my like, in my, my gay little heart was like, this is going to be expensive. And the next one on my list, I also bought four of because when I saw it, I was like, this is going in every single deck I run red in. And that is Disrupt Decorum. Oh, oh my yes. God. So if you're not you're familiar, so right. <laughs> if you're not familiar with Disrupt Decorum, it is a red sorcery for two red red. Go to all creatures you don't control, which is until your next turn, those creatures attack each combat if able and attack another a player other than you if able. And right now, uh on tcg player it's 17 dollars, and in euros it's nine euro on card market 950 like this card is so powerful it's like the new insurrection basically i mean we saw it in play yesterday (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like it's it it can this card is it's like it's like teferi's protection people use this in the same way that they use teferi's protection and Teferi's Protection is like a $30 card or 30, 30 quid. Um, you use this to just escape combat for a whole turn, a whole turn cycle, which is mm-hmm. stunning. It's excellent. Um, and yeah. it could also and double it as a possibly like wipe out. It's, yeah, because it so can wipe true. out a good amount of creatures. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would love one for my Marisi deck. Uh, that loves to goad things. Oh, probably absolutely! Would it, probably would make it a bit better. There are so um, many. There are so many decks yeah. that it just it just is an absolute auto include in. But it's so unfortunate that it's mm-hmm. seventeen dollars and nine euros. Like, yeah, yeah. It, I think I think it was only printed in um, the vamp. Was it the vampire the deck Commander of twenty uh, seventeen? Yes, yeah. Commander twenty seventeen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my gosh. Yeah, we absolutely need another reprint of that. But um, the second fully, card on my fully. list that I think needs a reprint um, might be a surprise to some people um, because it is not only an instant, it is a green instant, and it is Veil of Summer. Oh. So, oh. Ooh, an uncommon, too. Yeah. Yeah, this is Banned an uncommon that right now... Format known to man. Except Commander. Um <laughs> <laughs> um it it is sitting around twelve dollars at the minute. This is an uncommon. Really? And fun fact, this is not this is not the most expensive uncommon on my list. Um, but it is the like only green card. But um it's an off-color counterspell that also cantrips you, um, which is insane. And yeah. like it does the rounds and in not CDH. even that, it also gives all of your stuff. It gives your stuff like hexproof from two colors, like every permanent. Mm-hmm. That's insane. Yeah. yeah, this card is in huge demand for CEDH decks, but that's not my yes. wheelhouse. Um, but I definitely could use this in decks that don't run blue, um, just to mm-hmm. kind of stop some disruption and make sure that um, whatever I'm doing on my board gets off, and like on that key turn. And it's only one mana. Um, for for those who don't know, uh, Veil of Summer reads: uh, it's a green instant. It costs one green mana. Uh, draw a card if an opponent has cast a blue or black spell this turn and spells you control can't be countered this turn 
and you and permits you control gain hexproof from blue and black this turn. So anything blue and black trying to fuck with your shit mm-hmm. just says, no, no, not today. Not today, Satan. Nah. And it just lets you pop yeah. off. Um, the only, like, it's the only answer mm-hmm. I I know for this card, like, the only answer that, like, if you cast a Veil of Summer at the start of your turn and you want to go off, like, the only thing I can think of is summary dismissal that, like, actually can counter your stuff after a Veil of Summer hits. But at the same time, who plays that spell? No one. <laughs> like... Right. I mean, on the other, only other thing I can think of is like a discontinuity, <laughs> just ending the turn. Yeah. True. Like, and that, <laughs> and even that. You that know could, what? That I'm could... sick of you being good in the turn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, but yeah, it's it's that powerful, and for a one mana uncommon, like there's no wonder it got banned in so many formats. Um, but I would love to see yeah. it get reprinted in Commander. It was reprinted in Core Set. Maybe we'll see it again. Um, so. Yeah, hopefully. That's my second pick. Jazz, what's yours? So my second pick is actually a cycle of cards. Um, It's one, two, three, four, five, six. It's seven cards currently. It used to be five. It's the the cycle of the swords. Uh. Um, So we have uh, swords of light and shadow, sword of feast and famine, sword of body and mind, sword of fire and ice, sword of war and peace, and then the true new one, or the two new ones, uh, sword of truth and justice and sword of sinew and steel. Um, they're all, they all range in different prices. Um, most popularly, I think is Feast and Famine and Fire and Ice, I believe are the mm-hmm. most expensive. I could yeah, be I wrong. imagine, yeah. Um, and, but I just feel like they don't, I remember the first time I encountered these swords was, uh, my friend played a Voltron deck and they just, they wreck. Um, mm-hmm. but that, you don't even need to be in Voltron to make use of these swords especially feast and famine just to get to untap all of your lands and i'm just kind of surprised that they haven't been reprinted at least like i think they might have gotten like a slight reprint like once but then i mean i think given the fact that we've gotten so many commander products that you know like equipment it would have been nice like what was that new boros one that just came out um wyleth soul of steel uh, wyleth yeah, Wyleth. Like, what? I think it would have been perfect to have reprinted just a couple, maybe one or two swords for Wyleth. God, that but, uh, that would have driven up the price of that so much. Mm. But then it would have probably driven down the overall price of of the swords. That's, That's so. true. That's true. It's yeah. That's it's not like a Teferi's protection moment where it was just in that deck and never in any other set. Whereas. You have these swords that exist outside of the commander set, but if they're reprinted in the commander set, people buy that product, you know. So it's just yeah. going to drive. I mean, down if we go, prices, so. exactly. Uh, yeah, I've got a feeling we'll be going back to new new Phyrexia at some point, and I think we'll see either um, complete a completion of that cycle or reprints of the swords. And also, Modern Horizons Two is it's coming open. up, so we we'll, we might get another sword or two there. Right. Yeah. And I mean, we did get the inventions in Kaladesh, but if anything, that just kind of drove up the price, then uh, put, put it down. Yeah. What's your next card, Dahi? Uh, my second card is going to be no surprise to Ralph and Jazz, who I have played with numerous times, and I've played the deck that I want this card for numerous times in, and that is Allosaurus Shepherd. Oh my god. Yeah. This fucker. <laughs> Allosaurus Shepherd. <laughs> if you're not familiar, Allosaurus Shepherd is a 
a green creature spell that costs one green for a creature elf sh- or one one creature elf shaman that reads Allosaurus Shepherd can't be countered. Green spells you control can't be countered. Pay four generic mana, two green, and until the end of turn, each elf you control has base power and toughness five five and becomes a dinosaur in addition to its other types. And this thing. This thing is good as hell. It's a finisher in elf decks. I know it's kind of popular in Legacy. It's oh super god. on Arena. Yeah. And thank god. I have four of them on Arena. Thank god I didn't have to pay the price for it. Um, but other than Legacy, it's played in... Leg- like Elves is decent in Legacy. I, I don't know Legacy, but I know it doesn't warrant the current price. It's because it was in Jumpstart. And oh, if you've Jumpstart. been playing Magic for the last two years, you know Jumpstart was printed. Very limited. Really, really, yeah. li- really little. Like Jumpstart was printed, there's barely any of it printed, um, and and so many cards in it that like the chase rares were chase rares. Oh, yeah. capital C! They are so expensive now. Like Allosaurus Shepherd is one of the most expensive of these like cha- of these mythics that really shouldn't be the price they are uh, in the set, um, and it costs mm. one hundred and fifty four dollars. And eighty-one euro. Are you kidding? Is that wait? Oh, are you for real? Christ. For a one-one, I'm not. That's not. That's that's not. One hundred and fifty dollars. My whole. One hundred and fifty dollars. One hundred and fifty-four dollars. Wow. In Player the most expensive one mana one-one ever. Yeah, like this is this wow. is more expensive now than uh, Hierarch has been at like some of its highs. Like I know Noble Hierarch has been in the eighty. Yeah, like range. Noble Hierarch, eat your heart out. But like Noble Hierarch, now wow. that it's been reprinted a few times, has been pushed down to like the $30 range, roughly. I think I could be wrong. Some MTG stonks bro is going to come in and smack me for that, but I don't care. Maybe I want to. Yeah, get that smack. We'll steal his money. <laughs> That's fine. Cool. Um, so Ralph, As long as it's consensual. Third. True. Consensual robbery. <laughs> oh no, I'm at the smack. <laughs> I, I, I got that <laughs> too. Oh. Consensual robbery though. That's just giving people. Something. I just want to be gay and do crimes, okay? Fair. Um, speaking of crimes, ooh, uh, yeah. So <laughs> I feel that this card might just be um, a crime to play, but I still want it, and that is Price of Glory. Um, so oh, this is, Price I think, it was printed all the way back in Odyssey. So it is a three mana enchantment, uh, two generic and a red. And whenever a player taps a land for mana during another player's turn, destroy that land. <laughs> so keeping this theme, no. keeping this theme of uh, don't mess with my shit. I just, I like, just let me do my turn. Mm. Um, you don't need to counter anything. You don't need to lose your lands. I'm not, it's not, you know, an Armageddon or anything. So like, it's not, you know, malicious land destruction. Mm. It's, reactive land destruction all of which these cards, i think is fine these cards that you've chosen seem to like all be targeted at me and i'm like have i countered your shit that often <laughs> i think you know why is no sweetie if if the if the shoe fits i'm not talking about you it's not all about you <laughs> but, but it feels but, like um, it is if you feel like this applies to you Right, right. Um, you know, it didn't feel that's it, because it, it, it didn't. It didn't come as a read. Uh, it felt it like might. a read. No. <laughs> it you know, so, sometimes a read that isn't a read is a read. I'm sorry that I interact uh, with just, your board you know, and that you become a threat. Maybe don't be a threat. <laughs> <laughs> I would take it. I would take uh, all of this as a compliment no. to both of you. You're complimenting each other. <laughs> 
I know. Guys, get a room. Is is <laughs> is buy a threat? <laughs> so the, uh, this is actually one of the cards that has a huge disparity between um, its American price and its European price. Oh. Uh, it is uh, currently selling on TCG TCG Player for like twelve bucks, mm-hmm. but on Card Market, the average price is two euro. Wow. Maybe you guys just have a larger supply yeah. of Odyssey. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Um, or maybe our card stock is better, so the cards last longer. <laughs> I don't know. And I, um, <laughs> I, I, I love like brutal punishing enchantments like this. Mm. So this is definitely something I want to see reprinted. Um, but maybe I'll just order a beaten up uh, set of it and just slot it into Gen Arcanum Weaver. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. That would work kind of against you with Wait. Gen, wouldn't it? I don't think. Does it work? Is it symmetrical? Uh, it's symmetrical. So you wouldn't, be able, you wouldn't be able never, to activate Gen. Ne- never mind. <laughs> on other people's turns, you could activate Gen yeah. with your artifacts. Like you could keep artifact mana open for Gen. That's true. I could, but um, I would probably. I, I, I might put in something else. Yeah. Like I feel like it's um, good on Maurice. Maybe like Maurice. Maurice or <gasps> Snap. Yeah, or Usubira. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Sabira, I'd love that. Anyway, yeah, that's but that's my that's my third pick. Jazz, what's yours? What's uh, my third pick is a yet another artifact and also again an equipment. This one hasn't been reprinted in a while. It was reprinted in from the vault lore, um, but it's Umazawa's Jite. Ah. Um, Umazawa's Jite is a modern is, staple. Well, it's banned in modern, actually. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I'm I'm very obviously not a modern. <laughs> I mean, I guess it was a staple at one point that it got banned. Sorry, I'm pretty sure it was it was like yeah. super like it was I'm, whack in modern. I'm just I'm just a dumb baby. Um, so Umezawa's Jite is a legendary artifact equipment for two. It reads it has an equip cost of two, and whenever equipped creature deals combat damage, put two charge counters on Umezawa's Jite. And then it has an activated ability of remove a charge counter from Uizawa's Jite, choose one. Equipped creature gets plus two, plus two until end of turn. Target creature gets minus one, minus one, minus one until end of turn, or you gain two life. So it does a lot. And I remember when I was first starting to play Commander, this card was amazing. It removes, it was great at dealing damage, and it it got you some life back. And the fact that, like, you can just keep on, you know, you, there are ways to cheat charge counters Absolutely. onto things, obviously. You can proliferate, um, and you can move counters around. It's an incredibly strong card, and it's only for two mana with an equip cost of two. Um, yeah, cheap equipment are hard to come by. Right now, it is being... Right now, it's priced at $25 US um, for the original Betrayers of Kamigawa version, but then the From the Vault lore version is only $18. And this one actually has um, a huge disparity, too, with Euros, because the in Euros, it's only $8. Oh, wow. Yeah, GTA is, is super. Like, we've gotten so much proliferate stuff in the last while that it's just so good. Like you've got that mm-hmm. blue. You've got a bunch of stuff from War of the Spark. You've got a Traxa. Um, I know there's actually some things that add charge counters to other permanents in Magic Two. So like, it's just yeah. it's just like energy chambers. One of those. Mm. So what do you have for your third card, Dahi? 
I have one that's a little strange because it only just got printed, but I already think that it needs a reprint. <laughs> because, <laughs> it's because the strategy that it involves is so common in Commander. And I really think this needs to be in like every couple of Commander decks, every Commander deck that works with the theme. And that is Thassa Deep Dwelling. Huh, yeah. I understand, like, the gods, they really get out of hand when it comes to price. Like, I know Athreos is super expensive. There's a couple other yeah. ones that are really expensive. But I think Thassa Deep Dwelling is the kind of, it's it's just, it should be around the same price as Panharmonicon. If not, they should both be pretty cheap. Um, mainly because it's a, it's a rectangle of cardboard. It should never be that expensive. Um, no, but it's currently $13 at its cheapest and 17 at its most expensive and it's about eight or nine euros and i just think it's a bit it's super powerful and it's really really good but i think this needs to be printed into a lot of commander decks and i this is more so like a me putting it out into the universe that's hopefully fair. it does yeah um, but the that's tough thing dwelling. about like oh, go on. uh the tough thing about cards like that's a deep dwelling where like it's inherently locked into a plane like the only place that it can be reprinted are you know commander products because yes. um, you wouldn't really see them in another set, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. That's that's part of that's that's why um, the gods yeah. are so tricky. But even if you yeah, look at she Parametra, Parametra it, was quite expensive before yeah, Commander got, Legends. No, she she got reprinted in uh, I the picked up... Abzan deck in something. <gasps> she she did too. She's yeah. got reprinted a few times in Commander Products. And yeah. before her reprinting, she was quite expensive. I remember going to grab one for Tuvasa and she was about 16, 17 quid. And I got one for about two euro. I got a foil etched one for about two to three euro after Commander Legends. Damn. Um, because Commander Legends was just printed so much and it's it still was. being printed so much and it's so cheap and the foil etch stuff are so cheap in there. I really hope we get that again with Thassa Deep Dwelling. But just to, God, to, to, to pull people up to speed on Thassa Deep Dwelling, um, it is a blue in legendary enchantment creature god for three generic and a blue with indestructible as long as your devotion to blue is less than five, Thassa isn't a creature. And at the beginning of your end step, exile up to one target one other target creature you control, then return that card to the battlefield under your control. You may pay three generic and a blue to tap another target creature, and she's a 6-5. So with her, Soul Herder, Conjurer's Closet, like mm-hmm. they're all the pieces for these kind of Soul Herder-style decks, these Exile, Brago, Amareth, Blink-style um, Blink decks, uh, Amina 2. Yeah. Like, these are strategies that are super, super popular in Commander already. So why not just reprint them? Like, oh yeah, I mean, Atu was to come out this year. I would be hoping that Thassa would be printed in it. Right. Yeah. It's a second Conjurer's oh, yeah, Closet. Sure. Like you, it's just great redundancy. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, Conjurer's Closet is a super powerful ability. And Conjurer's Closet isn't cheap either. No, it's not. Yeah. Like I've actually I've proxied both of them. Yeah. Um, for my Ranar deck. Um, so like they're, they ain't cheap at all. And it's not as if like blink strategies are super niche. Like a lot of people run blink strategies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're so popular as well as that. She's actually pretty good in standard. Oh yeah. uh, In, in pretty niche standard. I've been, I've been wrecked a few times. Historic (laughs) in paper. I want to see her be. Also the pay three and a blue and tap a creature is not nothing. It's not. Yeah. That's just great to, to, you know, shirk off. 
four mana to just like tap down your opponent's Voltron creature, yeah, anytime, any day. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, combo that with a Willbender, and you basically can yeah. gain control a creature. As well as that, you've got like uh, that other creature that when it enters, it takes Agent of Treachery. She's super with oh, that. Oh, shut up. <laughs> I don't want to hear about Agent of Treachery. <laughs> got too much. No. Too... Ralph is having yeah, war flashbacks. Much... And by war flashbacks, I mean Agent of Treachery. Yeah. Gosh. Um, anyway, um, still on the flavor of Bad Theros. Thing. Um, my fourth card is Starfield of Nyx. Ooh. Huh. That's interesting. So this was printed in, yeah, this was printed in Magic Origins. It's a five mana enchantment in white. Uh, and at the beginning of your upkeep, you get to return an enchantment card from your graveyard to the battlefield. So like that on its own is pretty cool. Very That's good. like, a re- like it's something that I would like very much for my, my Gen deck. Mm-hmm. You get to reanimate some enchantments. Um, but its second ability is as long as you control five or more enchantments, each other non-aura enchantment you control is a creature in addition to its other types and has base and power equal to its mana value, Ooh. which is what we call it these days. Um, so the, the the non-aura part of it um, doesn't synergize amazingly with Gen because I run a lot of course, curses and those are auras, mm-hmm. but I still have a lot of high CMC enchantments in there that could just become creatures. Um, but mostly I actually just want it for the returning enchantments to the battlefield. Yeah, yeah that recursion is very strong. I think... I think the thing about Starfield of Nyx is you mostly want it for the recursion. Yeah, you do. Because actually turning your enchantments into creatures makes them slightly more susceptible to, to removal, which could be a, a hindrance to your strategy. Absolutely. Um, so it's currently sitting around $11 and 8 euros. So they're pretty close in price. Whoa. Um, but uh, I would de- I would definitely love to see this get reprinted soon. Pretty please. XOXO, go piss girl. Yeah. Like that that's that's way more expensive than I thought it was than I thought that card was. I'm so glad I bought two of those like like a few years ago when I built decks around when I built enchantment de- enchantment. Oh, he bought all the copies of things. Oh, I'm so smart. No, I was just I'm just I've just been a degenerate from day one and that just helped me. <laughs> the only the, the only card I've ever bought like multiple copies of, thinking that it would like go up in price was Team or Sabretooth, which like I wasn't wrong. It's not super yeah. expensive now, but I've got a couple of copies of it. Yeah, that's not a bad choice. No, not at all. Um, I just, I just put away less Saber green. Tooth was reprinted many times. Yeah, it was. Yeah, um, fair. But yeah, that is my fourth pick. Starfield of Nyx. Uh, get into it. <laughs> all right, Jazz, <laughs> go ahead. Okay, so this is what every, every gay is after. And that's a top. Don't do this to me. <laughs> my, my fourth pick is uh, Sensei's Divining Top. Want to be on Cause, top? Because everyone wants a top. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a, okay. I mean, I'm sure everyone, I'm sure everyone knows what that Sensei's Divining Top is already, just because of how ubiquitous it is. But just for yeah. the sake of explaining, it is a one-cost uh, artifact. With the activated two activated abilities, the first one is pay one, look at the top three cards of your library, then put them back in any order. And the second ability is you can tap it, draw a card, then put Sensei's Dividing Top on top of its owner's library. Mm-hmm. So, uh, again, these the cards that I've chosen were cards that when I started Magic or when I started Commander, I saw often. 
And I was like, damn, I really want that. But I was like a broke bitch and I wasn't able to get that. Thankfully, I have all the cards that I'm mentioning now. But I'm saying like, I wish that these were more accessible so that newer players were able to get them too. Because seeing the power of what Sensei's Divining Top can do is insane. I mean, in some cards or in some decks, Sensei's Divining Top is like a must-have. You have to have it in there. Like Yuriko, you need Sensei's Divining Top in there. Yeah. But in any other deck, Sensei's Divining Top is great because it can fit in any other deck. It's a really like high-ceiling high, high really... kind of card. Yeah, exactly. I remember being like a dumb Magic player. when I, I mean, I still am. No, you're I not. When I was a dumber Magic player. And like I tried to... I tried to remove a Sensei's Divining Top with like a, uh, I don't know, a, just like a base, like a, an acidic slime. And then my opponent was like, okay, I'm just going to tap it and then put it on top of my library. And I'm like, I can't believe I just wasted that. I've done like, that too I, a few times against, against you. It's a strong, it, like, it protects itself. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so hard to deal yeah. with. Like it needs to, like, it's it's just so hard and the to fact react that, to. Like index like Orvar. In decks like Orvar and Brudiclad and Sahili, you can just make copies of it and just draw cards. Like, you can oh, just, like, God. like, oh, yeah, I'll put it on top of my library. Or you can just, like, activate it, put it on top of your library, but the token just goes away. It's just silly. It's such a, it's such a good card. Again, as I said, I think it's got a high floor, even higher ceiling kind of thing. So here's the thing. Um, the original champion of Kamigawa print is $53. Oh my god. Um, the From the Vault exiled version is $75. And oh. the Eternal Masters version is $60. Jeez. So it's only been th- printed those three times. This bitch was an un- uncommon during Champions of Kamigawa. It has now been boosted <laughs> up to rare. Kamigawa is such a weird set and for like rarity and power level. It was watch such us, a weird set. Watch us get sensei's divining top reprinted as a myth oh yeah i'm like i get it but also i would not doubt it please print it rare (laughs) i would love for them to just i mean just keep printing it put it in like commander products people will buy this shit yeah like why why don't you want to make money (laughs) yeah oh i'm sure they have their reasons i have no idea all right (laughs) dahi they're waiting for the secret layer expensive artifacts. Sorry. <laughs> secret sorry. layer tops, bottoms, and versatile. <laughs> oh my god. It's just Grenzo at a top. Like, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's Grenzo top and, like, austere command or something. Yeah. And, like, murderous writer. Because <laughs> it goes to the bottom. Oh sorry. I'm getting distracted now. That's just too funny. Um, so my... My... Uh, fourth is a card I have in a lot of decks and again I bought lots of these but it's not super expensive I bought lots of them because I'm a hoe for this kind of strategy um, mine is Pitiless Plunderer which is another uncommon that is such a strong card oh, it is. it's so powerful so Pitiless Plunderer is a black creature for three generic and a black for a creature human pirate with Power 1 and Toughness 4 that reads, whenever another creature you control dies, create a colorless treasure artifact token with tap, sacrifice this artifact, add one mana of any mana color to your mana pool. And note that it does not say non-token. Tokens count for this. So when a token creature dies to this, you get a, you get a treasure token. Um, it's currently $5.80, $5.80, and yeah. €2.50. 
It's an uncommon. The reason, the well. sole reason, it's, it's it's an uncommon. That's the thing. But I think the sole reason it is this expensive is because it came from Ixalan, and Ixalan was criminally under under opened. Uh, that's why things like um, what's it because called? No one liked the Immortal Sun is so expensive. Yeah, no one liked Ixalan, but now that Ixalan is dead and gone, I like people Ixalan. are like, yeah. <laughs> so many people are like, oh, we love Ixalan. Like now that she's dead, but. I personally liked a lot of the flavor of Ixalan, <laughs> but like this card is so good. It is so good. Yeah. yeah. I just, I have it on my list because I I've wanted seen, to. I've seen it I put in work in all of your decks or in the decks that I've seen it in with you, Dahi, it puts in so much work. And I'm like, how are you making this stupid uncommon yeah. like do so much? This card with a sack yeah. outlet. Like my OTB is Rebel and Riches and Fiddler's Thunderer. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Fully. It goes in so many strategies mm -hmm. as well. Like it's obvious home is aristocrats, but it goes in black artifact treasure mm -hmm. builds too. Like, uh, ones where you want mm -hmm. to use that marionette, marionetter yeah. from Kaladesh. The one, it was a standard marionette strategy. master. Yeah. Marionette master. That was a standard deck back in the day. Um, so like it goes with so many different strategies. I think the fact that it's in black with this ability is even better because like all of the decks, like Tisa and Aura, it, even it's, though it's, it's not a, like yeah, even though it's not a cleric, Aura would love this because you're always sacrificing creatures. Um, it's it's super. It's super. Uh, don't even get me started. I'm working on my Aura deck right now. That'd be amazing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I just I it's on my list. Even though it's not super duper expensive, I want it to be pennies because I think it, it. I think it should be every aristocrat's player mm -hmm. should have this in their deck. And here's the benefit of Pitiless Plunderer, Absolutely. though. Because it's just a pirate, you could put it in multiple sets. It's not It's not set-locked. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. It could have been in Commander Legends. Oh, if only. Oh, yeah, they had a strong pirate theme yeah, there. Yeah, like, I know that... I know I know. it was like, is it pirates? But, like, you could have yeah. thrown a black one yeah, in there. absolutely. As a treat. Yeah, as a treat. We have one black pirate as a treat. So, Ralph, what is your next one? <laughs> um my next card is um a it's another uncommon uh and it is steel shaper's gift oh yes absolutely okay um yeah so steel shaper's gift is a one mana uh white sorcery so you search your library for an equipment reveal it and put it into your hand so uh it's a, just a very straightforward uh cheaply costed tutor in white, which is amazing. And you all know how much I love equipment decks and Voltron. So like this is a, a perfect card for those decks. And it's, it's shot up in price a lot because it's never been reprinted um, since it's uh, original printing in Mirrodin. Um, and like, even if you're not like an equipment deck, you could just throw it in to fetch up your skull clamp. Or if you're a combo deck, you could go grab the Thornbite staff or even like the swords that jazz talked about earlier. Like, it just GTA. is incredibly versatile. Like, most decks at least run... Yeah, or... Yeah, or the GTA. And, like, most decks will run at least one or two equipments. And, like, it's mono-white as well, so it can gives them an advantage there. Um, yeah, Steel Shaper's Gift is sitting around $30, which is insane for a common... Not, an, not a common, an uncommon. It's, it's huge in modern right now, though. Yeah, like, Jazz, I'm so grateful that we got that giant box full of, like, chaff that um, had a couple of copies of the Steel Shaper's Gift in there. 
Like there mm-hmm. was like there was not a lot of good stuff in there, but we did manage to get a few of yeah, those. I'm very yeah. happy <laughs> because it is just such a a staple for equipment decks that like like it, they and they need all the help they can get because equipment is already putting you down a peg. Do you know? I think a part of its price is because of how well it's doing in modern right now because of um, uh, Ms. Sharon Stoneforge being Stoneforge uh, reprinted and being re-brought back into modern sorry <laughs> um but also yeah. uh, it's also the fact that like there are there are alternatives yeah. in commander thankfully there's like open the armory and it only costs one mana more which isn't yeah. too bad and open the armory also gives you auras as well but the fact that it does it is much yeah. cheaper as well but you want the yeah, redundancy absolutely. firstly redundancy is always good in commander because it's a 100 card singleton format but steel shaper's gift because it's one mana means it's like it's huge in modern the hammer decks in modern love that card because he just oh tutor up a hammer turn one turn two play a pure steel paladin oh, yeah. play a bunch of zero mana artifacts boot it up and then go to town it's it's super it's very powerful right now mm-hmm. hammer time but um, yeah, that's definitely something I want to see reprinted sooner rather than later. Pretty please. Yeah, it's pretty innocuous too. Like it's not super like, I don't see the reason not to reprint mm. this card. Yeah, exactly. It's not like a chase rare or uh-huh. anything. It's not breaking any formats. It's just a good piece of. Mutility. It's just a cool old common that's going to get reprinted at Mythic. <laughs> but yeah. I'm kind of surprised that they didn't reprint it in both um, the Cats Tribal deck yeah, as well, absolutely. like the the Selesnya Cats Tribal deck, as well as the Wyleth deck. Like, why not print this in the enchantment or the equipment heavy deck? Fully, fully. Like, it, it wouldn't. I don't understand why not. I fully agree with you there. But anyway, Jazz, do you go on? Um. So, you chose a card that came out during uh, Fifth Dawn. Uh, Mirrodin set and so to pick to piggyback off of that my next card is Phyrexian Altar yeah oh Um, my god again another artifact Phyrexian Altar is a three cost artifact and it has a simple rules text it just reads sacrifice a creature add one mana of any color and this bitch is sitting at $72. It's so expensive. Excuse $72. Me? What? For a Phyrexian altar. I was so close to I was about to I was about to like googly googly this up and like put this on my list too, but I'm glad you put it on yours. Because the last time I checked it was not that price. And then um just so you know, for my my European friends, it's thirty dollars for you guys or thirty euro. Oh, okay. Still. See, when you said seventy dollars, my brain went seventy euro, but still thirty euro is so expensive. It is. Yeah. It's only apparently been reprinted twice, um, invasion originally in Invasion and then again in Ultimate Masters. But it's like this is such a good card. Mm-hmm. I know tons of decks that would love it. I mean, obviously, Aristocrats would love Phyrexian Altar, but it's like, Absolutely. I don't understand why we haven't seen it more often. Because it's so powerful. Granted, we haven't been to Phyrexia very uh, often, so that's that's a thing. Just but... take us back. Stop teasing us with, with <laughs> Praetors in standard sets. Just take us with back. With Praetors that don't do anything in the story and then actually die on a card, but don't actually do that in the lore. Oop, oop. Ooh. I'm still I'm still I'm still salty Ooh. about the token use Ooh. of Vorinclex in Caltime. I thought it was so cheap and silly. I'm mad. Hose mad. It's me. I'm hose. 
<laughs> we are all we are all hoes, God's hoes. <laughs> We're gonna need to do a separate podcast of Dahi just being mad about <gasps> or just oh being God, mad about because lore. I'm really because <laughs> because we've, we've got <laughs> yeah, a lot we of do. reasons to get mad at it. <laughs> oh my God, I can be mad. I can be mad about lore. I, I when I was watching the the previous one of the previous episodes about Lorwyn. I had feelings. I have feelings. Mm-hmm. I had emotions that I needed to express. So maybe, maybe another time we could do, we could do like a catch-up corner or something. So yeah, Phyrexian altar is grossly overpriced. I think it needs to be knocked down. I would be okay, okay with it going down to at least like twenty-five dollars, maybe. That'd be great. But... See, I'd be happy with that because it would probably knock it down to about ten euro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just, yeah. I don't understand, but work, I it guess. It should have been in Jumpstart. Yeah, honestly. Oh, but it would still, it would probably be oh, $200. Yeah. I mean, like, it wouldn't lower the price at all. Yeah, Jumpstart did not. Did, <laughs> it gets yeah. more expensive from, from being in Jumpstart. Oh my god, stop. Can we just reprint jump, oh. Jumpstart, please? Just print it to, like, to yeah, high heaven, just please. To demand. Like, and it's a really cool concept. I know it's I know it's ripping off Artifact or, whatever, or Keyforge or whatever that other game is called. But like it's a cool concept, just opening two packs or or one pack and just like jam like you get the two pieces and you get to jam them together and make it a little limited deck. Like that's yeah. so cute. Yeah, I love it's that. a great easy way to get people into magic. It's great limited play and like tons of really cool cards in it and tons of new cards. Like we talked about it in our very first episode and we still haven't gotten any hide nor hair of it being reprinted. And I'm like, I'm about to start swinging, wizards. Mm-hmm. Give me give me what we want. Yeah. I'm going to throw yeah. hands. Anyway. Well, so Dahi, what do you have for your next card? So mine is a cycle. Um, she's a cycle. Um, and it's 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 an artifact cycle. Jazz, you'll be proud. Um, this is the medallion hey. cycle. Ooh. So the medallion oh, yeah, yes. cycle are from originally from Tempest, but uh, it was reprinted in Commander 2014. And that did nothing to tank the price because those decks are expensive. Like yeah. that's the that's the Planeswalker mm-hmm. Commander decks, like the monocolored ones. Um, so the medallion, yeah, the monocolored ones. So the medallion cycle, for those that don't know, are an artifact cycle that all cost two mana and are named Sapphire, Emerald, um, Jet, Pearl, and Ruby medallion. Like the Moxes. And for each colored stone, yeah, just like the Moxen. Um, and for each color, so giving Sapphire Medallion as an example, it is a two, two mana for an artifact that reads blue spells you cast cost one less to cast. And I was very lucky to have basically been given a pearl medallion very early on oh. in, in my, um, commander career. Oh, and nice. I just, I had been given one by a friend who had like a bunch of chaff and it was super cheap. It was like, it was like a Euro at the time. Um, and now Pearl Medallion, I think, I, d- I don't have Pearl Medallion open because I have, I have Sapphire Medallion open because it's the most expensive one, but Pearl Medallion is about $16, $17 and about 10 yeah. euro, wow. I think. Yeah, um, four euro and, actually. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. sorry. Uh, but yeah, Pearl Medallion is the cheapest one. And then I think it's like Jet and Sapphire that are more expensive. And then I Emerald the... and Ruby are pretty damn expensive as well. Yeah, I actually, actually have both. Emerald is the cheapest yeah because it's green oh. like green has enough has ramp already that's why it's cheapest it's enough ramp yeah 
Yeah. But also because um, it was reprinted again in Commander Anthology. So it's down oh, to $10. Oh, that's true. Wow. But um, I digress. The most expensive of the series is one that I think got a shot in the arm for price-wise because of Urza. And I was going to... I had a completely different idea for my list. My list was going to be the artifacts that tap to turn off um, because loads of those are really expensive, like your Winter Orb, your mm-hmm. Smokestack, your, all those kind of things. Um, yeah. Or I don't know, no, Smokestack isn't one of them, but Winter Orb, um, a bunch of those kind of things. But a lot of them are from the reserved list, so I was like, you know what, let's throw that out the window. There you go. But Sapphire Medallion is one of the cards that felt the Urza, the Urza effect, and it's forty dollars or thirty nine dollars, and twenty two euro or twenty three euro. I have a Sapphire Medallion. It's, like, it's insane. Well, you How sit do you on have some a Sapphire cash. Medallion? I can't remember. I think I bought it when I. You don't even play blue. You don't even like blue. I, I play blue. <laughs> That's Jazz's way of saying, give it to me. <laughs> I, I, I think I bought it when I wanted to build my, my sea creatures deck, like way early on. Like way before Urza was printed. Huh. Work. Yeah. <laughs> so funnily enough, I also had the medallion cycle as one of my choices. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So that, I just save time for us. Just, fair. No, that's fine. Because- but uh, yeah, I was I I like that you had all the prices on hand. Uh, that kind of that should have tweaked it for me, yeah. but I'm kind of stupid. So um, I think um, right now in the American markets, Jet Medallion is the most expensive at forty four dollars, and ooh, then Sapphire um, just behind at like yeah. forty dollars. Mono, mono so, black is that girl? They're still you know still both expensive, but yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I I want a pearl medallion so badly, but um, yeah. Let's move on to my card, which is Anguished Unmaking. Yeah, so my uh, my sixth pick is Anguished Unmaking, which is, like, the closest thing to, like, an auto-include EDH staple that I have on this list because it is just, like, the go-to Orzhov uh, removal spell. It's just a one, a white, and a black, and in an instant, you can exile a non-land permanent, and you lose three life. So, like just removes anything that isn't a land on the battlefield. It's just straight up value and it's it just should go into any black and white uh, deck that has those colors. Yeah, the thing is I don't see it getting a, a reprint just for the fact that it's very tied to like Soren and Avacyn's story that it would be weird to like print it as something else. It might be. Um, depends. Well, uh, to that argument, it's like the name of it is just Anguished Unmaking, so you could apply it to other things, That's but yeah, true. I do see where you're coming from. Like It, is, it, would have it to was be kind of like a story pivotal moment. I mean, like, mm-hmm. it'll mm-hmm. probably get a better reprint. Not not a better reprint, just a, a better version soon enough, judging by the way that... But I mean, yeah, the um, power creep is real, so it's probably going to happen. Oh, absolutely. If you're going to go buy it in the U.S., apparently the secret layer version is cheaper than, it, than it is. Uh, some of the regular so, like, versions. That's fine. But like, even if another card got printed that was the exact same thing but only two mana, I feel like that would also lower down Anguished Unmaking's price because if you get because it would be in less demand. So you know, one of the that's one of the benefits of power creep. Anyway, that's my sixth card, uh, Jazz. Do you have another card? I do have another card, and this is kind of, um, well, I had it as two separate cards, but they kind of all do the same thing. Um, 
So it's the cycle of like deflecting SWAT and fierce guardianship that they printed uh, in the uh, Commander. Um, which twenty twenty? Yeah, I hate those cards. Um, I hate those cards. Me too. <laughs> I mean, we all hate them, but they're just so freaking strong. Like you. I agree. I hate them because they're. So- it's almost like they need to be reprinted. Good. Yeah. Yeah, I hate them. Um, yeah. So Fierce Guardianship, Deflecting Swat are really the only two that are kind of worth mentioning. Um, the white one is kind of good too, but the other two aren't as great. It's basically a, fo- a fog and uh, XL target permanent. Free fog maybe? is still not bad. Uh, creature. Creature? Yeah, yeah, free fog, not I, bad. I, actually like I, mean, the, I like the green one. They they're all pretty strong, but I really think like the strong the strongest of the five are to me oh, yeah. personally are is blue and red, where um, fierce guardianship oh, yeah. is. So they all have the caveat of if you control a commander, you may cast a spell without paying its mana cost. Um, That's not exactly the, a caveat. <laughs> That's like a boon. The fierce guardianship is two and a blue, or probably free, and it's just counter target non creature spell. Um, deflecting SWAT reads. Uh, so yeah, deflecting SWAT is two and a red, with the caveat of being free if you uh, com- control your commander, and you may choose new targets for target spell or ability. These like super strong, come out of nowhere, can totally turn the tides of a of a game. Yeah, they're um, insane. They're not. I mean, like they're just basically another another version of Force of Will. In Commander, yeah. Fierce Guardianship is. Is is a better force of will, which I don't think we need more of. Oh, agreed. It doesn't put you down a card. You don't have the caveat of having to have a blue card in hand to cast it. Another blue card in in hand, and I know if you're playing force of will, you're probably playing something like Urza or something very competitive because that's expensive. Um, or you're playing something very blue and counter heavy in general. But fierce guardianship, if you have your commander, like which is most of the time, <laughs> like this card is just stupid. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like absolutely. Yeah. So I had those. I had deflecting SWAT and fierce guardianship as two separate entries for my list, but it just made more sense to just kind of lump them all together because they're all very strong. Even the the other col- um yeah. the other colors in the cycle, they're they're all pretty good and very can be helpful. But personally, I think that it's deflecting SWAT and fierce guardianship that are just. I mean, there's a reason they're the most expensive ones because yeah. they're objectively the best. Right. Yeah. And I think that unfortunately, because they have the text of being a commander like exclusive product, they're limited into what they can be reprinted in. But I don't think that that should be any deterrent for them to not be reprinted. And I know that it's like it just came out, this product just came out, but it's like, as we have all seen already this time last year yeah like these cards need to be reprinted to the point that they are kind of ubiquitous the fact that they're like 31 dollars, or or ban them out of the format one or the other (laughs) is this is this these lists just ban or reprint (laughs) (laughs) some of your some of your picks jazz yeah i'm not gonna apologize for choosing strong cards or liking strong cards (laughs) <laughs> some of them yeah like some of them honestly if you're getting if you're putting like printing these cards and then like mm-hmm. putting them into a format no, when they're clearly so ooh, dangerous for the format either make them acceptable or accessible or don't make them anyway speaking of uh, little bitches dahi 
<laughs> wounded, wounded. Yes. Okay. What, what is your choices. next card? So my next card was going to be a different card. It was going to be Bitter Blossom, Ooh. but I said fuck that because Bitter Blossom. Like I know the only reprint it got recently was the Secret Lair, mm-hmm. and I know if I brought up Bitter Blossom, I would talk about Secret Lair and I'd get mad. So I'm gonna leave that out. Uh, Valid. I decided with a very similar card that is Ophiomancer. So Ophiomancer, if you're not familiar, is a black card for, it is a two generic and a black for a two, two creature human shaman that reads at the beginning of each upkeep. If you control no snakes, put a one, one black snake creature token with death touch onto the battlefield. Another aristocrat. This card is sitting pretty in the U S at, Oh, obviously. I mean, I told you I was selfish when I, <laughs> when I made this list. Um, it's sitting pretty at $20 US uh, on TCG Player, uh. and it's sitting at €16 Euro here in Europe. Like, this is a three-mana three card. It was only ever printed in Commander 2013, which is the Obnixilis monocolored Commander. Oh, wait, is it that one? No, it's not. Or is that 14? No, you're. I think this was printed no, in the Prosh deck. Prosh and and such. <gasps> you're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It, was the, the it, was, it was the first whatnot. commander set. Um, no, the second commander set. Yeah. So this was was Prosh the second commander set. Yeah. What was the first one? Was the first uh, one like Zedru and Adamar and all them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The um. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. The first commander set was the Konzatarkir wedges. Oh. Yes, and then the next one was the the Naya or not Naya the the, the Naya Rivera, you know, no the Naya Rivera. Rest, 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 rested power Naya Rivera, but um, <laughs> not this Naya Panorama, not this. I my brain just went Naya. Say Naya. Say Naya Rivera. Do it. Just don't don't think. Don't look back. Brain, please. <laughs> but Ophiomancer is so good in aristocrat strategies because you're always sacrificing your creatures so you will like 90 percent of the time you will get this snake creature token every single turn um and the thing is it's the beginning of each upkeep so it's your opponent's turns too mm-hmm. um that's not to that's not even to say like if you're playing like really niche um five color morophon uh tribal decks like i don't know shaman tribal or like whatever tribal if you have things that turn all like conspiracies and stuff that turn all your creatures into different creature types ophiomancer won't see the snake anymore it'll just see the new creature type and like okay i'll make another snake so if you have conspiracy which i think replaces the creature type um you can just be like yeah uh don't see snake make another snake it's not a snake it does not perceive a snake make another snake yeah in in like esper sort of builds you can you can get um paradox haze for double upkeeps if you've got sacrifice abilities too you can get one snake sack it get another snake sack it uh every time it's your upkeep there's so much it's so good um but it really needs to be reprinted yeah for sure like it's 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 not even just your upkeep it's every upkeep too so you could just keep on doing this yep yeah so if you have this with a pitiless plunderer and like uh viscerous here you're scrying one every upkeep and making a treasure token every upkeep. And that's only, that's in mono black alone. Yeah. I think I, I'm on, I'm totally on board with reprinting Ophiomancer. The only specifically for the fact that if you reprint Ophiomancer, that means that magic is then forced to re to print 
an actual one one black snake creature token with death touch. Oh my god, Honestly. yes. Honestly. Yes. That is that is so Women true. want one also, thing. Also, I and always it's thought that one one answer. black snake creatures with death touch. <laughs> and it's disgusting. And it's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> But I think Ophiomancer really has Theros vibes in the art. It, does. it has possibly oh, yeah. Theros vibes. Yeah, like a and even like no, a name a like Ophiomancer. Yeah, it feels very Greek, and she could also be like, uh, a, like a follower of Farica. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. it, it could really, really work out. You could also print this in Amonkhet, or maybe if we she did like be, a uh, revisit like to like Arabian Nights in a more yeah, culturally even, like, sensitive manner. Even if you, yeah, honestly, but even if you had it in like an Amonkhet, if in a new Amonkhet set, she could be one of Hapatra's like uh, cronies, you know. Is Hapatra uh, still alive? There's so many places you can. I don't know, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I hate when the big bads come to different sets because they just kill all my favorite people. <laughs> Rip Abyssin well, and right. all of the angel ladies. I'm, mm-hmm. Except Sigarda, but who cares about Sigarda? <laughs> I mean, early magic, early commander players care about Sagarda. True, she's pretty good, to be fair. Yeah, um, but speaking of big baddies uh, ruining characters um, and storylines, my seventh card is Dak Faden. <laughs> <laughs> so our boy Dak, um, you might know him as um, the guy who died in the war. The, the, guy, that the, the guy that died in the war. The spark trailer. <laughs> And then who also died in the novel. Who never come back from the war. Who never ever got a single. Who who has only gotten two printings, um, neither of which were in War of the Spark. Um, he is a planeswalker for one uh, blue and a red. So he's is is it color? Um, he's this very handsome man in a trench coat with a red hand that looks like he just fisted a thing of raspberry jelly. Um, and yep. he he mm. yeah. He can loot, um, and he can gain control of artifacts, and he gets an emblem that lets you gain control of permanence. And his whole thing is that, like, he can steal spells from people. Um, I even have one of the comics from the Spell Thief series, which are brilliant. And um, yeah, he was first printed in Conspiracy, um, and then again in Eternal Masters. But he still sits around like twenty two dollars. Um, and he got done so dirty by Wizards of the Coast. Like they they are they owe him yes. a reprint, like either as an in a new card as like a, a memorial to him, or just reprinting this Dak Faden card again. Like yeah, like he was introduced and he was such an interesting character, and then he was just like killed off yeah. with no words other than yeah he's yeah dead and in a like he, and a he, book. he was a main character in the book, and he like did not even get to get a card. What like. Ugh. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, he is a powerful planeswalker. Um, just being able to uh, play him and gain control of an artifact straight away is really cool. You can steal someone's soul ring. It's like it was a precursor to Thieving Skydiver, which we saw in Zendikar Rising. Um, and it's just a really cool is it a commander that doesn't care about like instants and sorceries, which I think is fun. Legendary. You wouldn't be able to run him as yeah, a commander. Yeah, planeswalker. Sorry. Yeah. So that's my that's my card and mini rant about Dak. Anyway, Jazz, take us home. Oh wait, do you have a card left? Um, I don't. Oh, I, you I don't, don't. Have any more cards? Because I I lumped. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I lumped I lumped my two into the last one because it just oh, okay. made more sense to lump the two. 
right. Yeah, well, and then just I be had quiet, dice and the medallions. And yeah. yeah, I mean, there's uh, there are there are tons of other cards <laughs> that I wish would be reprinted. We don't have to talk about okay, them well, right we'll now. Okay, just say, um, yeah, but like Prime Harmonicon, really think should be reprinted. Um, Ashnod's Altar should be reprinted. True. Yeah. Okay. All right, Jazz. Let's not get carried away. There are plenty more artifacts in the sea to get reprinted. Dahi, what is, what is your last card? So I have two left. You have I two? Have two left. How dare you? Yeah, because I went last. So <laughs> I would be next, and then you would go with your last, and then I would give yeah, my last. Is that go ahead. Okay, fab. Okay, I thought my brain. I thought I was really just not with it. So it's Alenda the Dusk Rose. Oh my god, yes. Again, printed Ixalan. in Ixalan, so no openings. But that 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 wasn't even half the thing with, with Alenda the Dusk Rose. Alenda the Dusk Rose, mm-hmm. there's a story. So she is a um Orzov creature uh that costs two generic, a white and a black for a legendary creature vampire knight with power and toughness 1-1. One, one. Uh, the card reads, lifelink, whenever another creature dies, put a plus one plus one counter on Alenda the Dusk Rose. When Alenda dies, create X 1 1 white vampire creature tokens with lifelink where X is Alenda's power. Again, another aristocrats card. Are we surprised? Mm-hmm. No. no. Um, so she is like a super popular commander ever since the new rule has been, the new commander rule has been put into place, death rule. which states that if a commander dies and is put into your command zone that's no longer treated as a replacement effect for the creature dying like normally the creature would never trigger uh when this creature or when another creature dies trigger yep which is her main trigger her main the main thing about this card i think before that rule she was like i want to say like like five or she was like she she wasn't she wasn't too cheap. I think she was between like seven and ten. She was still because of Ixalan and because she's a mythic, was still a bit. But she was like super obscure before the rule. Like, it was, yeah, she's currently no one was playing twenty seven dollars, doubled in price, and thirteen euro. I know a few people who ran her, and they ran her with things like Gift of Immortality yeah. and Revel Arc, and all of these cards that could get low powered creatures back or get your creatures back to the battlefield immediately. Um, but now you don't have to care about that anymore. You can ditch all those cards except to keep Revelark mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. of the combo. But you know, you just you just throw Alenda into any aristocrat strategy now, and she's incredible. Yeah, uh, I really want to see her reprinted again. It's it's I I'm picking so many niche characters and niche things, but I would love to see her be reprinted into a commander into a commander deck, even if she was reprinted as a foil, an etched foil in the next Commander oh, yeah. Legends. I would love that. I think what's also hurting her price is the fact that she's a mythic. Oh, yeah. absolutely. oh absolutely. A mythic in a yeah. criminally underopened set. Yeah. Stupid. Yeah, like all, all of the mythics from the Ixalan block are too expensive for their own good. T. Yeah. But um speak my next card is also a mythic. Mm-hmm. Um and that nice. is Neb the Eternal. Oh my god, yes. Yeah. Everybody's fa- everybody's favorite Minotaur zombie. Um this card put it kind of put red on the map like for like commander which i like have mad respect for it's a legendary creature zombie minotaur warrior with four power six toughness it costs a three and two red and it reads it has afflict three which is a keyword from hour of devastation which is whenever this creature becomes blocked the defending player loses the afflict number of life um but it also reads at the beginning of your pre no at your post-combat main phase 
you add red mana to your mana pool for each one life your opponent's lost this turn. So this mm-hmm. is a red card that rewards you with mana for the damage that you deal to them, which is something that red is incredibly good at. So this is like the first like really impactful, powerful um mono red commander of like the the like in quotes modern commander era which um so like it was the the first of many like very powerful damage based uh, Mm -hmm. mono red legendary creatures um he's incredibly potent um like and we've seen a few different versions of neheb but this is probably the most powerful one um he's about 20 dollars at the minute and he still hasn't been reprinted like i love splashy red damage spells and like I've like net decked Neheb a few right. times because I love his design so much, um, but I've never been able to actually like get him. So I would absolutely love a reprint in sure. something that let me like, yeah, get absolutely. my hands on it. Again, these like these like legendary creatures and like, the specific like character cards are super cards to reprint in Commander Legends. Like we got Prosh and we got like um uh Nekusar and all of the old partner commanders who were super expensive uh last commander legends so why not these really niche expensive good commanders i think it'd be great oh yeah agreed 100 percent. yeah absolutely. my my last card is a little different criteria wise because the card only costs it only costs like 250 like euros and it only costs about 350 in us dollars um and I mainly want to see this reprinted because it's one of my favorite cards for the strategies I like to play, which is uh, triggered ability heavy decks. And I just want to see the art replaced because it is Strionic Resonator. So it is an artifact for two mana that reads, pay two, tap, copy target triggered ability you control, you may choose new targets for the copy. A triggered ability uses the words when, whenever, and or at. And I want to see this reprinted because the art is by Noah Bradley. And I don't that want to play them is in my decks. 100% valid. Yeah. Like, we and finally got a reprint, like... a Jason Rainville art reprint for Ristic Study. Rest yeah. in Peace. So we we have that. We have a replacement for, like, Rest in Peace. We also have Paul Scott Canavan for Ristic Study. So yeah. we have these arts for, like, iconic cards. I just want to see more and more mm-hmm. be replaced, <laughs> you know? Yep. Like, I just want Wizards to, like, release a set that is just new art of all of the old cards from artists who are no longer working with the company for uh, X and X reasons that make them no longer desirable to work with. Oh, watch them make, watch them make a stupid amount of money off that and call it like secret layer problematic. Like, Oh my God. Uh, No secret layer canceled is what, Oh my God. Secret layer cancel culture. Mm. I would vomit. Uh. (laughs) Oh my I would. God. Uh, I would too. But like, you're absolutely right in that like those old cards do need reprints with new art um, just to reflect how mm-hmm. our values have changed um, and how we, and, you know, respect people now. And don't support, you know, the art of predators. But, um, yep. Or yeah. turfs. Yeah. Or turfs. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Um, yeah. Um, so speak, I love Stratic yeah. Resonator too. It's so, so good. That, and I just want to see it with new art. Yeah, Stronic Resonator is great. But um, that, I believe, is all of our cards. Yeah, Dahi, you mentioned at the start that you are a budding proxy artist. Um, what can, yes. can you explain to us exactly what proxies are to you? So proxies, I honestly, I started doing proxies because 
I saw people online doing them and people were exercising their design skills and people were putting art and flavor onto cards that didn't have that art or flavor, um, which I love to see. But I think what really sparked my interest in uh, proxying was funny enough, something I've been very critical about and that's secret layers. (laughs) um mm-hmm. so when i saw secret layers dipping into other ips and when we got like the godzilla cards and when we got confirmed for like a bunch of other ips very recently i just thought like there's so many people out there who we like we're we're all all of us have played magic the gathering that's not all we play like everybody who plays magic the gathering probably plays another game or is interested in another nerdy ip of some description and so I wanted to like channel that into like magic a little bit. And um, so I got talking with some people, like it's just some friends about like cards and IPs and stuff. And I think the first couple of cards I created were Monster Hunter proxies, which I, I was just, I was like, you know what? Screw it. What like iconic creatures can mm-hmm. I turn into like Monster Hunter creatures? And I just had fun with that. And I had so much fun with that that I just continued going. Awesome. Yeah, no, I've seen you. Some some of your work is absolutely amazing. Like, um, I think my favorite yeah. uh, ones that you've done so far are the um, Artorias and Sif <gasps> um, altars. That I you did. had um, so yeah. much fun with those with the For, Dark Souls series. Yeah, like I'm 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 a new I'm a newbie to the Dark Souls series, mm-hmm. but like I, I dove in head first and like I absolutely adore the games and the lore. So like that kind of thing was like, oh yes, so cool. I'm like. It was just a really cool thing to see. And based on our list, if when, you know, when we're giving out like Twitter handles and stuff at the end, I have an Allosaurus Shepherd proxy and I have a Elenda the Dusk Rose proxy. So if you're interested, hit me up. I'll send you the high res file. You can print it, like go for it. It's I don't charge because proxies are free. Don't charge for them. That's illegal. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's the other thing about proxying um, that people seem to get confused about is that you are not legally allowed to sell uh, proxies of magic cards because the magic cards are the intellectual property of Wizards of the Coast. Mm -hmm. So Um, so there's a few, like there's a lot of nuance around that. Like a lot of people have asked, uh, recently a lot of people Mm -hmm. have asked me on Instagram, am I selling my proxies? And I was like, no, uh, that's illegal. And I will like, I will get fined or probably like, I will get, I will get served. Um, so you can't sell anything that has any of wizard's ip on it but if you're clever yeah and you're a little bit if you're vague enough about it if you're vague enough about it like sheepwave is a really popular proxy artist right now on twitter um megan burden is her name we stand we love her she's fantastic she's really cool she's super nice um but she's a really good proxy artist too and a really good um digital artist in general and she does some cards she recently did a blathers commission for someone and she was allowed to commission it because not one place in the card does it reference being a magic card it is very it's it's a padim um mm-hmm. console of innovation card um yeah it's well that's how i read it and that's how i believe it's it is to be read or it can be read but none of the yeah. flavor text it's just very like vague animal crossing flavor text that alludes to protecting like antiquities and then it's got like yeah it's got like the in the mana cost it just has little like symbols that like are in no way close to mana cost like it's it's very 
it's clever. You can be clever about it. You can do textless cards. I know she has a few mm-hmm. textless cards. I believe her, what I think is possibly training grounds, but I could be completely wrong. It's like a completely textless card that's just signed by her on the bottom, but it, she's advertised it as like, this can be a thing for such and such. Um, like it's, it's not. Yeah. A lot of people do that. I've seen, I think um, an artist, uh, I think the, the proxy guy um, is another great artist that I follow. And he does, um, he has the, a series of cards that can be used as game pieces to replace the Moxin, like the power nine. Um, And it just uses the words Emerald, Sapphire, Jet, and so on, because those are just gemstones. Yes, um, and they're so all... there are loopholes that you can get around to be able to sell your product. Yeah, and the, the, the images of the gems are artwork that he commissioned from, from an artist with the purpose of selling them as game pieces. Um, and the rest of the design work, like the, the actual physical gems themselves are, are commissioned. And then the rest of the design work is all his own design work. So nothing is intellectual mm-hmm. property of anything but him and that artist. So it's if you're vague enough and if your play group is okay with that vaguety then or vagueness then that's fully it's fully allowed um i'm pretty sure there's like very yeah. specific guidelines released by wizard that wizards of the coast regarding proxies i haven't read them because i'm too stupid no <laughs> i just i just haven't found them but i know that people like megan and the proxy guy have gone through them and have have they know and they're they're doing these completely legally completely fine uh it's fantastic it's super so for i'm i mean we've talked about this before but i'm sure like maybe some listener out there is wanting to know if they wanted to go into making their own proxies um what what is the actual like physicality of like printing them because my like you know you could go the simple route of just mm-hmm. you know going to a printer printing out a, a the actual magic card from like any website that lets you you know print out the card and then you snip it out and then slip it into a sleeve but yeah. um if you want to you know have your own design or anything do you have any words of advice or any information of how that's done yeah there's a few people on twitter that i follow that have like unfortunately i haven't done this myself um just don't have a printer right now um she's Mm -hmm. a broke queen you know she doesn't have that um but there's a few places uh there's a couple of people on twitter who talk about it there's a, a load of great resources on youtube for printing your own proxies and applying them there's a couple of different methods that i'm aware of for doing it yourself um and those the two main ones are printing the artwork that you do on gloss like on glossy paper or whatever finished paper you want finished sticker paper and then applying that directly to Mm -hmm. a card but that like you could apply it to like a basic land or something and that takes a lot of like precision and it takes a lot of accuracy um then there's the cellophane or this the, the yep. see-through method that's usually used for it's kind of almost exclusively used for um for foils. foils so you take an old foil um card and you rub off the artwork with rubbing alcohol or um with white spirits or something and you're mm-hmm. left with a blank foil and then you print your cards on um see-through sticker paper uh, and then you just you print the art onto that, and it looks really faded and transparent when when you peel it off. But once you put it on that foil, the foil comes through all of the artwork uh, with its light transparencies, and it really makes it, it makes come it out. Pop. So any of the like negative space and white space is like true foil, and then any of the colors are like 
they're kind of filtered mm. foil so they look really really lovely um there are also a lot of websites out there that do provide a build it yourself service so there's makeplaincards.com and there's a bunch of different uh, there's a lot of artists that use that site to test a proxy perhaps or test like a big batch of proxies um and it's it can be a little expensive if you're going for a big order but you like you can pick the finish you can mm -hmm. pick whether it's foil or non-foil you can put customer art on the back so you can put like your logo and your twitter handle and stuff on the back is there anything else you want to ask about proxy um, I, I didn't want to ask you any um, specifically about anything, but I just wanted to talk a little bit about um, my experience with it, um, where sure. like if you are at home and you don't either have the funds or the resources to uh, buy or make your own kinds of proxies, um, you can do something as simple as um, if you are uh, have a steady enough hand, you can peel foils. Um, if you've got a bunch of chaff cards that you don't use, yes. if you've got curling foils that you are sick of, you can, with a an exacto knife uh, and a bit of patience, uh, you can peel off that transparent layer of card and you just have a blank white magic card afterwards. Mm -hmm. So I've got maybe like two dozen of those that I just sometimes use if like I want something that it maybe is too expensive to order. Yeah. So I just will write the name of the card, the description, and maybe like a doodle about like, oh yeah, that kind of looks like the card art. Um, so mm -hmm. you can do that. You can also take a big leaf from Watsi's book and just make like a get a piece of paper draw some art on it write like a vague blurb of what the ability yeah, like the play is test cards. a vague blurb of like what the stats are on the card and just slide it in front of another card because it doesn't usually it never really usually upsets the sleeves enough that I know what it is yeah like I had that's because I don't have a printer right now I have an Allosaurus Shepherd that is that and it looks like a playtest card yeah in my gaunty deck i literally have just a torn piece of notebook in front of a swamp that just says cabal coffers <laughs> yeah yeah so like you know don't be afraid to just kind of yeah. rough it yeah i think like i i love that proxies have become such a big topic of discussion and such a, a much more like accepted thing in commander now because when i started playing commander like the yeah. idea of proxies were like you were cheating and you were like you were bad and you were like a bad person. Yeah. People equated, equated it to like printing like counterfeit money or something. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not counterfeiting cards. I just don't want to spend $150 for a elf, a one, one like <laughs> right now, like especially yeah, when no, we're not taking to a tournament. Like completely justified. Like there, there's a difference. Yeah. Like, like nobody's going to tournaments. It, we're, we're in the middle of lockdown. We all have a webcam and we're all trying to play some EDH with each other. Like, I'm going to draw on a card and pretend it's Kozilek, Butcher of Truth. And if you're not okay with that, I'll find a different playgroup that is, you know? Um, right. And I mm -hmm. think, I think I, I, I do love that, like, you, we've got people like Spice 8-Rack and Sheepwave who have recently, like, obviously Sheepwave has weighed in on the conversation because she is part of the conversation. Um, but Spice 8-Rack weighed in on the conversation with one of his videos in the last couple of months um actually featuring featuring sheepwave on it talking about proxies and the normalization of it and i'm, I'm glad that bigger voice yeah that's how i was actually like first introduced to megan oh yeah really that's cool that's yeah cool. yeah um i hadn't uh 
yeah i hadn't heard of her before and like i was a fan of spice a for x videos and yeah um the video the, the proxies like really spoke to me and i was like oh shit that's really cool mm-hmm. and like now i've got a couple of megan's proxies like in my belby deck yeah um, like, the oh, vaporwave eldrazi they're the coolest thing and yeah. like i i really i really enjoy that like that the that this it's become bigger because like there are some people out there who maybe feel upset that because they own like a $300 Gaia's cradle, I I shouldn't be allowed to have one because I didn't pay that money for it. And I'm like this commander, like I'm playing like three mana one ones that don't do anything on like turn five, like, you know like it's not a serious form yeah so don't take it so seriously i mean like it's like it, it it feels like some dude who gets mad about like like who owns like a a really expensive ferrari who gets mad that the 10 year old across the road is playing with a toy ferrari very yeah very that yeah like, it's, like it doesn't it's even matter completely yeah, it like it's got nothing to do with you or your bag or you know mm-hmm. like your money. Like you, you own the real card. Like it obviously, like mm-hmm. there, there's this, there's a whole weird conversation about ownership in when it comes to Magic: The Gathering that yeah. ties into proxies a lot. But I think that's <laughs> that's another bigger conversation for another time. Yeah, but, well and truly. Um, yeah, you know, it's not it's not that deep, fam. Yeah, it it ain't that deep. Um, the thing I just, I just love proxies. I, and I love, I think my biggest, the, the part that excites me the most about proxies is because when it comes to like magic, the gathering, like as a, as a visual artist, as a designer, as somebody who has a huge interest in how things look, when I saw alternate frames happening, like the storybook frame in Eldraine or the, the new knotted frame that we got in Kaldheim or even the invocations. And I think it was the Kaladesh masterpieces. It was the first time we saw something really drastically different for a specific set of cards. It was the first masterpiece yeah. set that we saw or showcase set as we're now calling them. Um, I was obsessed. Yeah. I actually cracked a mind's eye masterpiece on my pre-release Oof. and a Nissa. Um, the five mana Nissa from that set as well. Um, I lost incredibly well, like incredibly badly, but I Mm -hmm. saw these frames and I was like, this is so exciting. I'm so happy to see wizards of the coast design team have so much fun and try something. Mm -hmm. And I kind of got a bit annoyed when people were mad about the invocations. It's like, I can't read them. We can't read them. And I'm like, okay, that's a great criticism. Hopefully they'll fix that for the next one. But I, I couldn't like, I had, I had. Well, I mean, the next ones were Amonkhet, weren't they? <laughs> oh, oh, no, that's that's what I mean. Like the Amonkhet ones, like people complained that they couldn't read them and they yeah. had bad readability. But I had like blinkers on because I was just so happy because you could just feel the excitement that the designers had with those cards and the artists yeah. who collaborated with them too. Like the Days Art Invocation is probably one of the most spectacular pieces oh my of magic God. I've ever seen. Um, it's so beautiful. Oh yeah, it's iconic at this point. I I just I love it. And then we had like Eldraine and Kaldheim. And now we have things like the heavy metal secret lair. Like I love seeing this because it means that when I make a proxy that's bizarre and weird and wild, it's not. People go like, oh, that could be a secret lair. And I go, cool. 
like that that makes me so happy when people kind of think that or feel that about it like i had somebody tag me today because the new dragon from witherbloom got released um Mm -hmm. uh what's Mm -hmm. his name reese witherbloom um (laughs) somebody tagged me and was like oh valhazak proxy when like valhazak is a creature from monster hunter and i was like oh my god excellent and i got on that immediately it's i posted it it's on my twitter now um because somebody like oh yeah oh i remember yeah you i just saw that somebody engaged with me about it and i it got me so excited and it made me like this is this is why like it's so exciting it's just so exciting to see that this is space within the game that i love playing that i can also play in like i have more to do in magic as if i didn't spend enough bloody time talking about it thinking about it Mm. and playing about it you know (laughs) i can now like assign my professional like my professional proficiencies to it too. <laughs> oh <my> God, <laughs> that sounds so much worse than uh, yeah. I say it out loud. <laughs> I hate capitalism. Is there more for us to discuss, or should we start ending the episode? Yeah, no. Let's let's wrap this up. Thank you guys so much for listening, Dahi. Thank you so much for joining us. It was a delight as always. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, and Dahi, where can... Where can the internet find you? Yeah. Ooh. That's the exciting part. Um, so you can find me on Twitter. I am always there. I am always angry and always tired. Um, <laughs> but I am at the real Baron Zaya on Twitter. That is at T-H-E-R-E-A-L-B-A-R-E-N-Z-I-A. Um, yeah, I'm super duper friendly and come say hi they are they're so lovely (laughs) thank you and you can find us uh the partner commanders podcast um at the same old place uh at partner pod p-a-r-t-n-e-r-p-o-d um and yeah you can find me ralph at ralph does magic um and jazz where can they find you um they can find me right now trying to beat final fantasy 14 or (laughs) i mean i'm also on twitter um at jazzworth um y'all know me y'all love me i think you do because you're be listening this <laughs> i love you if you didn't <laughs> um thanks babe Aww. but i love everybody on this podcast right now dahi you're amazing Aww. um you. and you guys are the best obviously much love to my own partner <laughs> <laughs> obviously, I was like, obviously you ain't bad either i guess <laughs> oh no this has been so much fun uh i just want to say thanks for for having me um as always it's it's good to to chat shit with my girls you know to 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 talk talk magic and to to have a bit of fun and um yeah thanks thanks again amazing it was a pleasure and until next time we love you bye bye bye